All righty. Welcome to Tutty and Trey's uh, episode three. Um, it's me, Jason, here. And um, instead of my brother, Josh, we actually have Josh Smith. He's one of my buddies here in Rexburg, Idaho. Uh, Josh, glad to have you on. Glad to be here, dude. I know, man. I'm excited, dude. This NBA restart has been, oh, man, it's been really like my center of attention right now just because sports, <laughs> sports is back, dude. <laughs> uh so we're we have a way good episode today planned um and uh we're just gonna get right to it um you know josh you know this whole nba restart you know we've had two days of it so far and day three right now is is happening right now uh but kind of looking back with with day one and day two you know what are your what are some of your first impressions of of the nba restart so far i i mean so far uh... It's okay. So on 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 first stand, it, it's great that basketball's back. Mm-hmm. I'm super happy to be able to watch again. Um, on the other hand, there it it's so sloppy, but at the same time, I love it. Like I, I can't help but love every time I see somebody just throw an, a blatant turnover. Um, but like I said, it's great to just have it back again, even if it is a little uh, sloppy. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I remember I was watching the the Jazz versus the Pelicans, and it was around like the second, going into the third quarter. Um, the Pelicans were up, and they were up, you know, pretty big. But then turnover after turnover, and I was like, dude. And they lost that game. I felt like just because of turnovers. I think they had like twenty six turnovers or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's <laughs> like, gosh, dang, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and also, you know, to agree, and I agree with you that it's definitely really sloppy. I think there's a lot of rust and like, you know, players are just getting back to playing, you know, kind of like game speed. It's, I mean, they've been off for three, four months. And so it's kind of, it's kind of hard to get back into that, you know, like that high caliber play that, and like conditioning that, you know, they were once in, they were playing, uh, September through, you know, uh, I believe April, you know, so, or March, March 11th is when the, the, the hiatus started. So, mm-hmm. um, I think one thing though, in addition to that, to the players is even the refs are also a little rusty. Um, yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot of missed calls. I've also seen a lot of hmm, kind of head scratchers, you know, <laughs> where I'm like, what, what are you looking at, dude? You know, but at the end of the day, like, I think this is good for everyone, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> no, it, it's funny you mentioned that. Did you watch the uh, Celtics-Bucks game last night? Uh, I, yeah, last night. I did not, actually. It, it was funny. There, there's actually a, a part where it was uh, Marcus Smart was trying to draw a couple offensive fouls on uh, Giannis because Giannis was at five fouls. And uh, there were actually a couple questionable, questionable calls where it looked like either Giannis was pushing off or – whether it was a charge or a block and stuff like that, or there was a, there was a shooting foul that happened and uh, Marcus Smart was shouting, Oh, it's on Giannis. It's on Giannis. Instead they gave it to Brooke Lopez. And then after the game, he's like, man, they were just giving him a little bit of preferential treatment, the MVP treatment, stuff like that. So there's definitely been some of those questionable calls of, is it a charge? Is it a block? Is it offensive foul, defensive foul, 
I've seen a lot of travels being called. Like oh, left and right. Fun. I was watching the OKC game today, and I think there was about three or four travels called within about two, three minutes. So they're definitely blowing the whistle. I saw one ref blow the whistle in that same game on Donovan Mitchell. They they thought that they that uh, he had traveled, but really he just jumped in the air to catch a pass and was coming down with it. They thought he took a step, and so they blew the whistle. And then right afterwards, they wave it off, and it was awful for them because they only had two seconds left in the shot clock. So some of these refs are getting a little trigger happy with the whistle. Some of them are kind of swallowing it a little bit. But like you said, they're also trying to find that groove because they, they haven't really been doing anything recently. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only – that's the frustrating part. But I, I will say with some of those travels, though, I think they're, they were actually legit good calls, though. Like, yeah. And so, like – I give them props um, for for making that call. I dude, I even saw, I think it was the, uh, I think it was the Lakers versus the Clippers mm-hmm. violation, and like on a free throw. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, like that's a good call to make. But at the end of the day, I'm like, they don't really oh, call those a lot, just because you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, uh, well, I guess kind of moving into you know, um, since the season is now officially started. Um, the next kind of thing I kind of want to talk about is, you know, which team had or which team or teams has the most approved with these eight games and why, you know? And so as I look, you know, at these eight games and these teams, for me, the biggest team that I think has the most approved, and this is just totally my opinion. I think the trailblazers, I really do. <laughs> and, and what I'm excited about Portland is that they have, they're starting to get healthy. And yeah. the reason why I feel like they kind of struggled throughout the season um, was because their big man, Nurshif, uh, uh, Nurkic. 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 Yeah, I always bomb his name. (laughs) He was injured for a lot of the season. And I know that he definitely, and as well as the team, benefited from, you know, the three, four-month hiatus. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's healthy. And, dude, first game back against the Memphis – I mean, he scored, I believe it was like 18 points. He played 33 minutes. So, I mean, he was playing most of the game. You know, these are normal minutes for him. And I think he, I think that was huge. Um, Cause if you think about it, you know, they picked up Hassan Whiteside in the off season because, he, you know, he was injured and Hassan Whiteside has been okay. You know, I mean, he signed that massive contract uh, with Miami, but then got traded obviously, but. And, and hasn't really lived up to that that contract, but um, I just think you know right now Portland's on a mission right now, and especially you know game one was against Memphis, so these two teams you know they're fighting for that H spot, and so mm-hmm. I felt like you know this game specifically was a was a really was a statement game for for Portland, um, and so I think yeah, and you know with with them just getting more healthy, I think um, they have the most to prove, you know so. I'm really excited to see how these eight games turn out with Portland uh, or just with all the teams kind of fighting for that eight seed because, you know, every team wants their season to continue on. You know, every every player wants to win that championship. They want to keep playing. I mean, they this is obviously the sport that they love. So um, that's kind of like my my guess or my vote for um, who has the most to prove. But what I as you look at it, uh, when you when you look at you know the teams playing, who 
who do you think has the most to prove? Uh, uh, so, first of all, I agree with you with, about the Portland Trailblazers. It, it's kind of funny to picture um, Damian Lillard struggling to make a playoff seed right after the season where he waves off OKC after hitting the game winner. Oh, that was um, funny, dude. <laughs> making it to the conference finals uh, where they beat Denver, I believe. Um, so... <clears throat> It's kind of interesting seeing how that team has kind of fallen out of grace a little bit. And, yeah, uh, losing Nurkic was big. Losing Zach Collins at the beginning of the seasons for, season for a while was pretty big, too. Um, it's still just tough because when you do have that backcourt like Dame and CJ, uh, you do expect a lot more. So I do agree with you that they mm-hmm. definitely have a lot to prove to, to slide into that eighth seed. And props to Ja Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies for the job they've done too because oh, yeah. getting that eighth seed in the West when you look at that roster and you're like, okay, Ja Morant, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, they got a couple good guys on there, but you don't necessarily think, oh, they're a playoff team. Um, but apart from that – uh, I think the team, in my opinion, that has the most approved is the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Um, you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo going for his back-to-back MVPs. Um, Milwaukee's the number one team in the league again this year. And last season, they made it to the conference finals. They beat uh, the Raptors in the first two games, but then they got swept the last four. Raptors went on to win it all. Um, now with Giannis, he's made a couple comments recently. His his uh, free agency isn't until 2021, fortunately. Um, but when you look at Giannis and the force of nature that he is, um, you think there there's literally no reason that this dude should not win a championship. I mean, you look at his length, his athleticism, his sometimes good three three point shooting. Um, they have a decent squad around them as well. Uh, there's really no reason for them not to make the finals at least or win a championship this year. I mean, there's no real super team to get in the way. It's like a lot of epic duos out there right now. So there, mm-hmm. there, there's really no excuse for how well he is seen during the regular season for him to not have this uh, postseason success as well. So I feel like this season's going to prove a lot as far as what decisions he may or may not make in his free agency a year from now. So I feel like for Milwaukee, this is a big offseason for them, or a big postseason, I should say. Yeah, I think you bring up some really good points. You know, looking at Giannis, you know, he's never really gotten over the hump of, you know, winning in the playoffs. And Mm -hmm. so – there's a big question on, you know, let's say they don't lose or sorry, let's say they don't win. You know, they're obviously going to make the playoffs, but let's say yeah. either first round. I mean, I don't think they'll lose first round, but <laughs> you never know. Um, or, <laughs> yeah, I know. Or maybe second round. Let's say they lose second round. You know, there's a big uh, question for Giannis. You know, sh- is this is this a place that, you know, he should stay or would he be a better fit somewhere else? Yeah. And so. Um, I, and, and here's the thing though. I, I think Milwaukee, like as a front office, they've done a really good job of putting people around him and they have a really good culture there, but I'm not sure if it's the coach. I'm not sure if it's maybe Giannis. He just, he, I mean, I think he, that's the one thing that he has to prove is 
he has to win the big game. He has to win the big series. Mm-hmm. You know, he needs to win in the playoffs. And so, um, I know he's fighting for the second MVP, but you know, for me, when it comes to like his legacy, I think like you know that's that's the next thing that he needs to answer. Um, and so, hopefully, I mean, I'm I'm sure he likes being in Milwaukee because they're the ones that drafted him. They're the ones that help develop him into who he is today. But at the end of the day, it's where are you the most happy? You know, where do you value championships over money or loyalty? You know, there's a lot of factors that go into a player's, you know, happiness. So I, I'm interested to see how this playoffs turn. It turns out for, for Milwaukee, just because I feel like this is a, this is a huge, huge uh, season or huge postseason for him. And there might be, uh, who knows, like, he could leave. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard yeah. I've heard so many speculations that maybe he goes to uh Golden State and I think that would be ridiculous. Uh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly <laughs> about that, I don't even think that they have the cap to sign him. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think so either, but dude, you never know. <laughs> I mean sign and trade, give away all your assets and give away all your young players. <laughs> yeah. Um so, I, I, you know, I guess also looking into, you know, the NBA restart, um, what are some teams that you think people are sleeping on? What's what's kind of your feel for a team that you know, might be a maybe be a dark horse team, you know, to surprise people or even kind of pull up some upset wins or, you know, what are what are kind of your thoughts on that? Okay, so I, I have a team out east and I have a team out west. Um, as far as my Eastern Conference pick for like a dark horse or a team to look out for, it's Miami. Um, their lo- their roster is loaded with great two-way players. You have Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, got Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder. Um, they're mm-hmm. also a really good shooting team. Um, I think they shot as a team, their average was like 38%. Um, mm-hmm. And to put that into perspective, Golden State's from the season before last, so like the 2017-2018 season, their mm-hmm. three-point shooting percentage was 39. Um, so they're well above the league average of, I think, about 35 or so. But you've mm-hmm. got Tyler Hero. You've got Duncan Robinson. Um, Kendrick Nunn has been playing very well. Uh, Goran Dragic has been doing well coming off the bench. And mm-hmm. another thing that I think that they overlook is their coach, Eric Spolstra. He has experience coaching playoff teams, um, championship winning teams. I remember back yeah. in 2011, a lot of people were saying, oh, Eric Spolstra is not that good of a coach because he has LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. But then after they left, he still coached Miami to be a very good team. Um, so I think out east, that, that's my pick. Bam's a great defensive player and plays really good defense on Giannis, which is going to be key for them. Mm-hmm. West, it's OKC. Um, before the season even started, as soon as they traded away Paul George and Russell Westbrook, most people didn't even have them making the playoffs. And here they are now after beating the Jazz. They're like in the fifth seat or something like that. Um According to some of the numbers, they had like the third best winning percentage after like Thanksgiving or something like that. Uh, and their guard rotation is really great with Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, and Shea Gilgis Alexander. They have a very mm-hmm. happy defense. And one of their key defenders, Andre Roberson, is back. So, like Portland, this break kind of gave them a chance to get some players back in. 
um, and some players that they really miss on the defensive end. So uh, those are my two picks, Miami and OKC. You know, it's funny. Those were also my two picks. <laughs> I, uh, but I'm going to focus. Dude, for sure. And I'm actually going to focus more on OKC. Mm-hmm. I think, I think with the addition of Chris Paul and also the trade to bring um, Shea Gildress Alexander uh, with the oh, whole yeah. Paul George trade, mm-hmm. I think that has turned out really well. Um, uh Danilo Gallinari has been huge for this team. And what I really love about OKC is that they are actually really good defensively, in my opinion. I feel like they're holding down teams really well, uh, guarding them well against the three-point shot. They're keeping teams under, I think it's 37%, um, or a little bit lower than that. They're doing a really good job of um, switching and uh, just really guarding teams, uh, you know, one-on-one. And so... Uh, and also, you know, you look at Chris Paul, he's what, 35 years old and he is still producing, you know, high caliber, you know, all-star numbers, you know, point God (laughs) this, I mean, and I, I, I love to watch it because, you know, if you think about his, uh, you know, previous couple seasons, you know, he's, he's been injured, you know, or Mm -hmm. at the very end of the season, he got injured. And so he hasn't really been a factor for, um, you know, the playoffs as much as he would like to. And so, um, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of OKC with um, just how they were able to kind of re uh, rebuild in a sense with the departure of, you know, Kevin Durant and uh, Russell Westbrook. I mean, this is the first time that they've made the playoffs when in the last, you know, 10, 12 years without having, you know, Russell Westbrook or Kevin Durant on the team. And so um, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really excited, you know, to see, um, what they can do and how far they can go. And I feel like if they do, you know, I, or let me rephrase that. I feel like right now they're in a win-win no matter what, because yeah. this season has already been a surprise or has been a win, you know, because I feel like no one expected them to be, I think they're like 40 and 24 right now. Like they are well over 500 mm-hmm. and, you know, and so there's a win there. And then they're also in the playoffs. So that's another win. And this is great experience for some of those young players. I mean, you look at Shea Gildress Alexander, he's an up and coming star every, I mean, this is his second year. So, and he, his numbers are, have gone up and I can only see, you know, his production getting better and having just playoff experience can go, you know, can really help your resume and really help you build, you know, when it comes to the off season, you know, where, you know, let's say he's in the gym and he's working out, he's trying to improve his game, you know, have that mama mentality, you know, getting in the gym, <laughs> maybe not at three in the morning or four in the morning like Kobe, but, you know, I feel like, you know, just being in the playoffs, having that experience is, is a really good motivator and a really good way to just kind of see um, how can I improve my game? Because, I mean, you look at the playoffs, playoffs have a different atmosphere than the regular season. You know, there's a lot more on the line there's a lot more, you know, let's say bigger moments or defense is just really huge, you know? And uh, so I'm excited to see what OKC can do and how far they can go. Yeah. Um, So kind of moving on, you know, day one, we had the Pelicans versus the Jazz, um, but we also had the Battle of LA. So we had the Los Angeles Clippers and the LA Lakers, Showing down for the fourth time. 
and the Lakers came out on top. Now, one thing I do want to point out <clears throat> is both teams were missing some players. Um, the Clippers were missing Lou Williams and also Martrez Harrell. Um, and the Lakers were missing uh, Rajon Rondo and then Avery Bradley. Um, so <clears throat> Avery Bradley is not going to be playing at all for the rest of the restart. He, he opted out, but you know, Rondo's hopefully rehabbing his broken, I think it's a broken finger or something with his hand. Um, so he'll come back soon and Lou will and Montrose Harrell will come back soon. So, um, but you know, kind of talking about the Lakers a little bit, you know, I'm a huge Lakers fan. I think they're going to win the champion this chip this year. LeBron's going to add another ring and, uh, add to his legacy. He's going, he's chasing Jordan, you know, so I think he can do it, <laughs> but, uh, you know, one thing about the, the Lakers, I will say, um, is they've, they added J.R. Smith and they also activated Dion Waiters. Um, I'm not a huge fan of J.R. Smith. Um, ever since the incident where it was him and the Cleveland Cavaliers and the game was tied against the Warriors and he didn't even know what, what the score was and like had an opportunity to win the game and held on to the ball and Oh, gosh, and the game went into overtime. I was so mad. Do you remember that game? Oh, yeah, because I remember that game because we got free food because of that game. So uh, I'm pretty grateful that JR uh, <laughs> did that because uh, that means Golden State swept him and we got free Buffalo Wild Wings. So for me, it was a win-win situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but looking at these two players, um, I feel like for me, um, Deion Waiters is a more important player for the Lakers. Um, one thing I, I like for Dion Wade or I like about Dion Waiters is that he can create his own shot. He can run the offense. And especially with the absence of Avery Bradley, um, he's the kind of player that he can pick up the slack, he can score, and he's not necessarily like a role player, but he's a player that's not afraid of uh, you know, taking it to the hole or um or just kind of passing it off. He's he's a scorer, you know, and so um going into this game I thought, you know, the Clippers obviously are a deep team. They have a really good backcourt. They have a really good second unit. Um, and, you know, one of my thoughts is that I was like, dude, how are they going to freaking match up? Um, but the Lakers came out with a win, and I was super happy. <laughs> did you Did you get to watch any of the game? Uh, I did watch some of the game. Um, as far as calling it a battle of L.A., I... It's hard to say. Um, did you ever watch Teen Titans growing up? I did. So watching this game kind of – when I think of the Battle of L.A., I think of like the OG Teen Titans. Watching this Battle of L.A. that I saw on Saturday, on Thursday was more like seeing that little kid's cartoon version that they've recently put out as Teen Titans. Uh, I okay. watched it and I think, you know what? It's not really it. Um, it was a great game, uh, but there were definitely some things missing. Um, it was exciting to watch because it, it was a good opportunity to watch LeBron James and Anthony Davis going against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Um, hopefully the next time that they play and when we see them facing off against one another, they'll have their full roster intact minus Avery Bradley um, so we can get a good – uh, indicator of what that's going to look like. Um, but uh, for the most part, it, 
it almost left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth watching that LeBron James lay in at the very end was uh, <laughs> interesting <laughs> lack of defensive rebounding that could have sent that game into overtime, which I think would have been a lot more interesting to watch. Um, mm-hmm. That's just my whole take on the game. Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to when they play again uh, later on in the playoffs. Um, I personally think Clippers are going to win it all. So that that's my hope there. Boo. Boo. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There you go, man. Uh, you, you know, I, I have to disagree with you, man. The Lakers are – they're going to win it, bro. They're going to they're going to sweep every team. You're going to they're going to they'll they'll sweep the Clippers and the and the Western Conference Finals and they'll win them in three games. And then uh you know, I'm just, no, I'm joking. That'd be them in four. <laughs> you heard it here. For, but uh my thing is honestly my biggest take from the game is uh when it came to matchups, I felt like Anthony Davis was huge. And I feel like with this game, it was a statement game to be honest. And because right here we're seeing possibly, you know, the Eastern conference finals teams playing against each other. And so, um, so far, you know, this is the fourth time they played against each other. Um, the Clippers have won two games and the Lakers have won the last two games. And so, um, and in each one of those games, Anthony Davis has, has scored a lot of points. The first game he scored 24 and they lost the second game they played. They, he scored 25 and they lost. But um, the third game, he actually scored 30 points. And then this past Thursday, he scored 34. And when I look at, you know, matchups, I'm like, and I think of like their roster, I'm like, who's really going to guard Anthony Davis? I feel like he's probably right now the most versatile big man we have in the league. He can, he can shoot the rock really well. He, I think he has the highest uh, free throw percentage. He shoots 90% from the free throw line. Mm -hmm. Um, He's very efficient down there. He can pop and shoot threes. I mean, he has a really good stroke. And he's kind of like that freak of nature, you know, with, you know, his long, lengthy arms. He has like a seven oh, – I'm probably going to bomb it. It's probably – I think it's like seven two or seven eight wingspan. I mean, it's massive. Yeah. And so, like, he's really good at blocking shots on the defensive end. And he's able to either scoop or kind of, you know, kind of wrap around and get those good, you know – alley-oops or lay-ins and so I just think Anthony Davis is a it's a match uh matchup nightmare for teams especially the Clippers I I I can I can see that and and one thing that I think it's going to come down to with with those teams is not so much just their star players but how how their bench and how the the secondary unit operates um yeah that's that's going to be huge I agree because because you can you can let your guy get your points like you can let Anthony Davis get the points. You can let on the Clipper side, you could let Paul George or Kawhi Leonard get their points. In, in my mind, it's kind of like a Minnesota situation. Like back when Carl Anthony Towns was dropping like 30 to 40 to 50 points a game, but he was getting upset because they were still losing. And it's because his supporting cast wasn't playing up to that caliber. Um, so I think with those teams, like you were mentioning earlier, I think Deion Waiters is going to be a big boost for uh, LA, uh, the Lakers. Um, I think J.R. Smith, he has his moments with flashes where he is on point and he's hitting those mm-hmm. three-pointers. I think that's going to be a big boost for them. I think Kyle Kuzma's production is going to have to come up a little bit because um, you're going to have teams that are going to try and focus more on LeBron and Anthony Davis. 
they're making their shots, they make that team a whole lot better. And and same for the Clippers. Um, if Kawhi and Paul George are getting locked down, you're going to have to have your secondary cast come in. You're going to have to have uh, Lou Williams be there for you to drop 18 to 20. Points. You're going to have to have Montrez Harrell and some of those other guys come out and score as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And And honestly, as I look at the Clippers, I compare them to – I think it's the 2016-2017 Warriors where their bench or their second unit was so deep and so good. And I feel like, honestly, with the Clippers, they're the same way. And their their second unit, they, I mean, they have a lot They have a lot of talent there. You know, mm-hmm. and Stanley Johnson, he's someone who can run the point and kind of score and, you know, drive the, drive the ball and get some fouls and get to the free throw line. And, you know, especially with Lou Will, when he comes back, I think he is he's going to be huge for that team you know, as they move forward. And, and honestly, like, I know the Lakers won, but I feel like um, if I'm the Clippers, you know, with these eight games, like, uh, I feel like the, the Clippers as a team cannot afford to drop to the four seed. I mean, I feel like their goal right now is to stay in the West in between the two or the three. Like, they can't, they can't go any further down because if you think about it, Assuming the Lakers, you know, win the next game. I mean, they just lost tonight to the to the Raptors. Yeah. But, I mean, they're pretty much – I think if they win the next game or the next few games, like they're pretty much a lock for the number one seed. Yeah. Um, I think if I'm the Clippers, if they, if they drop to the four seed, then that means that assuming the Lakers take the number one seed, that they'll probably play the Lakers – in the second round rather Mm -hmm. than the Western conference finals. And so um, if I'm the Clippers, I better be hoping just to stay either second or third and hopefully not drop to the fourth seed, four seed, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, awesome. So that's kind of like all all we have planned for today. Um, Josh, just want to thank you for, for coming on. Um, I know being a, a new father, just like me, we got, family obligations so we'll get back to it so uh thanks for coming on josh love you bro and uh dude, this is tutties and trays episode three baby <laughs>